Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Shriver. We're so glad you're listening with us today. So let me ask you, have you ever met someone who's just different? Whether it's their personality or how they see the world, they're just different. We are living in a time where nearly everything is suddenly different. Today we're joined by Pastor Quint Limblad. Pastor Quint is the worship and discipleship pastor at Erie First, and he also hosts his own podcast you can check out sometime, the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. Today he's going to share about how, especially now, with everything we are experiencing in our culture, the followers of Jesus are the ones who need to make sure that we are different. Let's get started today. Here's Pastor Quint. Hey, I just want to uh, welcome you in and thank you for tuning into this message today. And uh, my name is Pastor Quint. I'm the worship and discipleship pastor here at Erie First. Um, But I want to start this morning with what I hope to be the most unifying statement you've heard in a while, maybe in all of 2020. Okay, I know that's a big and tall uh, setup for this statement, but I think you will agree when I say it. The, The statement is... Some people are just different, okay? I mean, if if you aren't saying amen to that, I don't know if we can help you, right? I mean, some people are just different. And so I want to explain myself, uh, but I think we all can agree that there's really no normal among us, right? I mean, I have five small kids and every single one of them is different. Not one of them is normal. I guess they're, they're their own version of normal, but there's, they are not what I would say normal. But what, really what is normal, right? It's a relative or subjective uh, thing. So let me, uh, let me pick on one uh, child in particular to kind of set this up. I have, like I said, five kids. My second son, his name is Preston, okay? And he is a very quirky kid. Uh, I love him, obviously. And I want to tell you just a few things about him to show you how he is uh, what I say as different, okay? Uh, the first thing is, He loves to wear his shirts backwards. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why, but he loves to wear his shirts backwards. So if you ever see my wife with our five kids uh, walking and they they do a pretty good job staying in a line and everything, and one of them has their shirt on backwards, I want to assure you she didn't overlook him. Uh, It's not negligent parenting. He's just a quirky kid who's trying to make a fashion statement at four years old, okay? So... um, And let me back up. If you've heard any of my other messages where I've talked about my kids, Preston is the one who at eight months and one day old had a little sister. Okay, so I'm responsible for all of this. I will take full, uh, I wouldn't say credit, I guess responsibility for all of this. But we, we middle childed him about as much as you can middle child a person. Okay, so at eight months, one day old, he had a little sister. Um, uh, just some other things about him. He's definitely an introvert. Okay, you probably would be too if at eight months, one day old, you had a younger sibling, right? So people exhaust him. Uh, we were recently with some family and uh, we came back from kind of an outing or whatever, and everybody came in the house and all the kids grabbed coloring books, and he took his didn't say a word, went and found the front porch of the house. And my wife, Erin, walked out and found him out there and he was just coloring. And she came in and said, Preston's out on the porch. So I went and sat down next to him and he just went, I just want peace. 
So, I mean, he is uh, a textbook introvert. Um, so yes, it is a beautiful thing to have a four-year-old who knows how to regulate himself from sensory overload, okay? And that is my Preston. And then I guess um, another story, uh, this one's just kind of funny. We were traveling as a family in our minivan, as families with five kids do. And uh, so, before I, I say all this, I want you to know my vehicle passed inspection. We're safe. Everything's fine. But uh, the one strut on the back driver's side, I guess it would be, which is where he sits, um, is, is pretty well gone. I mean, it passed inspection, but that's about the extent of it. And so it's very stiff. And that makes for a bumpy ride in between about 52 and 63 miles per hour. So you kind of get got to get through that that dangerous or that not dangerous, uh, frustrating terrain and get into the sweet spot and things smooth out again. Anyways, he sits on that, that bad strut. Okay. And when we're on the highway and we get going and it really starts to shake, he almost every time doesn't even, I, 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 I don't even know how to describe it. He just starts singing. He just starts making a sound, uh, and tries to just like ride it out ride out the vibrato that he can get for free from this blown strut. It's amazing. I mean, most kids would probably be frustrated, heads rattling out of your, you know, just in your seat, but he just, he just rolls with it. He, he thinks it's, uh, he thinks it's kind of funny. So, um, and then here's my last story and we'll kind of get into this message. But, um, last winter I was having some back problems and some, some neck stuff. And before I could see my chiropractor, I laid down on the floor and I said, Preston, I want you to climb on my back and just punch. Because he's four. I mean, how big are his fists, right? What's he going to do? So I want you to just punch and get these knots out for your dad. And so he did. And he thought it was super funny. And he, he went to town. And he's karate chopping and punching all these knots in my back. And um, I said, oh, that feels so much better. Preston, when you grow up, I really hope you're a chiropractor. Because, hey, I love good chiropractic care and I got five kids and I would love it if one of them could give me free chiropractic care. I mean, that would be, I feel like that's a fair trade-off. I raise you to adulthood, you give me free adjustments for the rest of my life. But anyways, I said to Preston, um, I really hope you're a chiropractor. You did such a good job. And he said, dad, I can't be a chiropractor. I'm going to be an artist. And I said, but what about my back? And he said, but what about my beautiful pictures? And I said, you're right, Preston. I guess I can be laid up in bed, uh, but at least my walls will be adorned with beautiful pictures. So uh, those are some of my Preston stories, all just to say, to exemplify to you, people, some people are just different. Preston is just a quirky, different kid, all right? But here's the thing. I love how different Preston is. I love how different all my kids are. I love how different uh, our staff is, my friends are, my family is. Everybody's different. Like I said, there's no normal among us. And as I was preparing to give this message, and as I was preparing and, and just reading and having some conversations and praying uh, into this, I feel like the Lord wants to remind us today, saved people are different. And saved people live different, okay? And so I want to, to really dig into that today because I think this word teaches us that we are to be different. Uh, yes, from the world, but we are to be different um, once we have that encounter with Jesus. Our lives should never look the same. And so today I want to dig into that and, uh, and, and just kind of 
see what the Lord has for us. So Psalm 107 is really going to be the bulk of our conversation this morning. It's right near the middle of your Bible. And Psalm 107 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress." And then if you jump down to verse 10, it says, Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's command. They despised the plans of the Most High, so he subjected them to bitter labor. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. Verse 17 says, some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. And then you go down to verse 19, it says, and then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. And I think the thing that I want to point out this morning, the thing that sticks out to me as we read these verses is that our role in this story is and needs to be pretty consistent. And that role is that we cry out to the Lord in our place of trouble and he rescues us from our distress. Okay. And that is what I think, that is what I mean when I say saved people are different and saved people live different. Okay. It is very different to live in such a way that we continuously remember we are in trouble. We need the Lord. We cry out to him. That is our role in this. And he rescues us from our distress. In fact, I wrote that in the margins of my Bible. Our role, cry out in a state of distress. God's role, rescue us from our distress. And that's what Psalm 107 is teaching us as we read through it. Okay? We... Um, if we are being honest this morning, and we're in church, so let's at least be honest, we kind of have a tendency to get okay with our level of Christianity. But I don't think that that's okay. And I don't think that's what the Lord wants for us. But sometimes we find a comfort zone of righteousness or a comfort zone of holiness that we are okay with, and we don't necessarily feel as big a need to be rescued as maybe we did at our moment of salvation. How often do we wake up, yes, grateful for God's grace, and yes, uh, thankful for his mercy, but not really desperate for his forgiveness, okay? That's what I think Psalm 107 is reminding us, is we need to be desperate for him, just as we were at that moment of salvation. We need to remember that all we have is from him, through him, and for him. And we need to remember there is no level of cleaned up that we attain where we no longer need him. Our, any level of cleaned up we get is a product of his work in us, not our work in us, right? And so that is what I think the Lord has for us here in Psalm 107 and this reminder that we cry out to him in our trouble and he rescues us in our distress. Um, I think this is about as different as people can live in 2020 in a society that celebrates success, in a society that celebrates constant pressure on the boulders of life and you will attain and we really do give credit 
to ourselves and then give glory to God a lot of times, but I don't think that's what we need to be doing. I think we need to remember our role in the story is we were a mess and he rescued us when we cried out to him. And here's the thing. We still have some level of a mess, okay? I'm gonna come back to that, but you know, the book of 1 Peter tells us, humble yourselves. 1 Peter chapter 5 says, humble yourselves. And those two words are really a warning. That's what they are, church. It's a warning that if we don't humble ourselves, we will be humbled. Maybe by God, maybe by life, but somehow, some way, we will be humbled, okay? And what God is trying to tell us is humble yourselves to prevent being humbled by the things that come at you in life, all right? Um, I think when you read Psalm 107, that's what you find. You find a people who are regularly being humbled and then crying out to him. Even as you read down, it says in verse 23, some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths in their peril. Their courage melted away. So here's a, here's a people, and then it culminates at 28. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of distress. Here is a people who were kind of living really good. They were out to sea on their ships. They were merchants on the, high, on the mighty waters. But even they encountered situations, found themselves humbled, and cried out to the Lord in their distress, and he rescued them from their distress. If you read the New Testament and all the places where the Apostle Paul gives his testimony, he tells the same story. He tells his encounter with the Lord on Damascus. He tells you who he was, his history. He gives you kind of his stat sheet and he, he never forgets that place that he came from, that broken place that he came from and his desperate need for Jesus to be his savior, uh, that, he, that revelation that he came to. And so I think it's just this reminder, church, that we need to have, that we need to be uh, very aware of our role in this story, very aware of our need for him. And you know, we might not be the same mess that we were at the point of salvation, but we certainly do have some new kind of mess. We do. And the question is, will we let Christ into that mess? You know, I think it can be uh, kind of easy to build a life, you get saved and you find a great church and you join a great small group. But if we're being honest and we're in church, so let's be honest, if we're being honest, you can kind of go to small group and not exactly share everything. You can hide your thing, whatever that thing is, from your small group leader. You can hide your, uh, whatever your new level of mess is from your pastor potentially. There is no hiding from God. He sees it all. He knows it all. And he wants it all. He wants to aid you and clean you up and rescue you from your distress in all of it. There is no need to hide any of it with God and with Jesus Christ, our Savior. So I think that that is really the big takeaway from Psalm 107 this morning is just this reminder that our role is very simple, to recognize our moments of distress, to recognize where we are trying to do life on our own 
and cry out to him. And he is faithful every single time, regardless of the circumstance, to rescue us from our distress. Now, as I was preparing this message, I had uh, kind of a, an interesting several conversations. I call it kind of this collision of conversations. And the theme seemed similar and tied together. And one of the conversations I had uh, stemmed around a verse that is really what I would call trendy and on several t-shirts and coffee mugs these days. Um, but I think we should learn from the word, not just wear it on a shirt or wear it or, or drink from a coffee mug that has it on there. So if you uh, have your Bible, you can turn over to Micah chapter 6. And I want to look at this verse with three simple instructions. And I want to actually challenge us to apply it um, in our lives, not just wear it on our clothes. And so this book, uh, the book of Micah, was written a couple of hundred years after Psalm 107. I'm not going to lie to you this morning. I was really hoping in my research to find out that the writer of Psalm 107 was writing at the exact same time as Micah chapter 6, and it was to the same people. And that isn't necessarily the case, but we can still draw truths. And I think that the the uh, lessons from these two passages still correlate together, uh, but they weren't written at exactly the same time. But here's what Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says, and many of you may know this verse because, like I said, it is popular, but it says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Saved people are different. Saved people live different. How do these things tie together? Let me, uh, let me show you or tell you this morning how I think they tie together, okay? Uh, these are three very simple instructions. And I think we all can say we understand them. Act justly. Love mercy, walk humbly. But I also think it's worth pointing out, maybe some of you, your personality is bent more towards justice. Like you really can get behind that act justly, right? Or maybe some of you are more compassionate and it's real easy for you to say, yeah, love mercy. L love mercy, that's important. Or maybe you think you are the most humble person on the planet and everyone else is so arrogant, it's unbelievable, and walking humbly is simple for you. Maybe that's the seat you're in. If it is, we're coming for you, okay? Because you definitely are not the most humble person, and everyone's not nearly as arrogant as you probably think that they are. Um, so obviously, I'm kidding there, but here's the thing. I think that the, the greatest, I think that in light of what we've learned from Psalm 107, and in light of these three instructions, I think the key to all of it is actually right there in the middle. I'm not saying that it's in the wrong order in scripture. I would never say that. But I think that that instruction to love mercy, that is the message from Psalm 107. We're nothing without his mercy. We are nothing without his mercy. And this scripture from Micah is telling us to love mercy. Love mercy so much that we tell others about it. Love mercy so much that we show it to others. A couple months ago, I had the chance to preach and I told you about this class I took in high school and how we were taught grace is, I don't want to get this backwards. So grace is getting what you don't deserve. 
And mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And those sound similar, but there is some nuance there. And here's the thing. Mercy is defined as not getting what you do deserve. We deserve nothing. We've been given everything by Jesus Christ. That's the lesson this morning. And that's why we need to love mercy. I believe when we love mercy, when we understand his mercy, automatically we'll walk humbly. Automatically we'll be so humbled to even be included in any of this and to know that we have a God who we can cry out to at any time and he will hear us and he will come for us and he will rescue us from our distress. How can you not love that kind of mercy? All right. Um, My prayer is that we would never be so confident in ourselves that we would forget the mercy he has poured out on us and the mercy that we are to love as Micah is telling us this morning. We're living in a time where, and this is like the understatement of the century, where everything is just so filled with angst and so filled with anger and so filled with opinions and so filled with polarization and just everything. But we have been called to be light in this dark world. How can we be light in this world? Well, how different is it to live in such a way Because remember, saved people are different and saved people live different. How different is it to live in such a way that we never forget our role in this story and that we love God's mercy on our lives and we never take credit for what has been done and what has been given to us? Because we deserve no credit. We deserve nothing and we've been given everything, okay? I had a phone call last week with a, a friend and he said, this is the moment that we're built for as Christians. I had a different phone call last week with someone from this church who said, I feel like this is really a dress rehearsal. And I said, man, I hope it's a dress rehearsal for, for as you know, the Bible is very clear that as time goes on, things do get bleak. Things do get better before, worse before they get better. Right. And I said, I hope it's a dress rehearsal, but whether it's a dress rehearsal or whether it's the real thing, we need to live in such a way where we are showing God's light and championing his mercy for others, okay? So do you believe that as things get worse or things get harder, that we are the people God has chosen for this very hour on the earth? Because if you do, then let's live like it. How do we live like it? We love mercy. How do we live like it? We remember our role. We remember that what we do is we cry out in our distress and he rescues us from our distress, okay? Now, I am not here. I don't think any of us are here to beat anyone up with justice. I don't think that's what uh, Micah is telling us. Micah said, act justly in a broken and fallen world that is so incredibly unjust. I think that In loving mercy, we need to remember to act justly. Do our best to act justly in any and all situations. A great question to ask yourself before you post that thing on Facebook, before you share that thing on social media, before you engage in that conversation is, is this, am I acting justly here? Better question, am I loving mercy here before I engage in this angst-filled, anger-filled scenario or conversation. 
Because when we're doing those things, when we're asking ourselves those things, and then we're actually submitting to the answer, not justifying, still participating, even though we know it's not exactly merciful or just, when we actually submit to the, the hard truth of maybe I shouldn't engage here, that's what walking humbly looks like. That's what walking humbly looks like. So that would be my challenge to you. When we are doing these things, when we are remembering our desperate need for him, when we're letting him into every area of our life, when we are understanding that we can't keep portions of ourselves from him and think that we're walking intimately with him. And listen, I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody else, okay? But when we are remembering all of these things, that is when the world around us will start to look different. When we start to live different, the world around us will start to look different. So listen, we don't want to stop at salvation. We want to go after transformation. I have a friend who started a church called Renovation. We want to get a renovation of our heart, right? We want a complete and total uh, transformation of who we are so we become more like him. When we do that, and all of this is available through relationship with Jesus Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. When we do that, the world around us will start to look different. So I want to challenge you today to maybe ask yourself, where in my life, in the daily, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, where am I not acting justly? Where am I not loving his mercy? Where am I taking for granted his mercy? Where am I not walking humbly? These three things are so tied together and you can't do one and forsake the others because they all feed into each other, okay? And so um, my encouragement to you as uh, we wrap up and I'll kind of pray us out today is to consider those three things and kind of the banner over all of them is I would encourage you to consider uh, how often do you cry out to him in your distress? Do you feel like you're done with that part of Christianity? Because my challenge to you would be, you're not. We never outgrow that need to cry out to him in our desperate place and let him rescue us from what we are going through, okay? And so uh, ask yourself those questions. Read your way and pray your way through Psalm 107 this week. Read through Micah chapter 6. Really spend some time on Micah 6 verse 8. And consider how your daily interactions are affecting the people around you. Because our role in the story is to cry out in a state of distress and let him rescue us so that we can live our other role in the story, which is expanding the kingdom of God, as Matthew 28, 19 tells us, and is reaching other people, okay? Making disciples. And so that is what it looks like to be a light in a dark world. And my prayer for you today is that you will truly consider these things and that you'll be effective for Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for uh, these truths. Thank you for your word. And thank you for how you are so faithful and patient and consistent with us. I pray uh, to anyone hearing this that you would challenge us, you would challenge them, you would challenge every person to truly consider how often we are crying out to you in our place of distress and how often we are considering how we act justly, how we love mercy, how we walk humbly before you, Lord. Again, we thank you for your patience and your consistency, and we pray that you will show us where we need to change 
in all these areas. We love you and worship you for who you are and for your love and care for us. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.